This is the Raider Cotton Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and our roster of co-hosts, we patrol America's law enforcement beat. We invite you today on a ride-along. Now, here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cop Nation. Truth, Justice, and the New American Way, Episode 117. This is Alpha Mike from Raider Cop Nation, and you are listening high atop of Florida's Peninsula at 108 feet, transmitting from the place that has given birth to legendary pirates. Today on our episode, we've got a lot to talk about and primarily uh, what's in the news. So you might be asking, why, because I know what's on the news, impeachment, 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 Russia, Ukraine, hairspray. What does that have to do with law enforcement? Well, it it has a lot to do with it. Uh but indirectly, and we are going to discuss uh, that and some other issues. Of course, we're going to keep on discussing also our issue with the club. Uh, It's going to be real short. Actually, um, for me to record this, this is um, the day before the 11th on the wee hours of the night, because I've spent the last three hours uh, trying to do updates and all this other crazy stuff that have come out of nowhere. But we are here and we are broadcasting. So this is not going to be a very lengthy episode. We're coming towards the Happy Hollies. If um, I briefly went uh, right before we did get up uh, the broadcast, and we are up 144% on the um, downloads. So people are listening. So people are listening. We're 144% uh, on the uploads. I'll go ahead and quickly photograph that and post it on uh, Instagram or whatever the hell we have so people can see it. And um, so somebody's listening. So we, we dizzily stayed here three hours fooling around with this thing, driving me crazy, but we are here nevertheless. All right, so we're going to we're going to do, uh, of course, the word of the week, do um, about a five or ten minutes on the club. Today's topic on the club is going to be coalition or the commission, and then we're going to head off into the main event, which today deals with truth, justice, and the new American way. So, let's do it. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And that is from uh, Jeremiah 1.5. So I also have another verse that I want to take a quick look at. 
that was actually the first verse that I had that I wanted to talk about. But uh, I'll explain real shortly why we kind of like uh, jumped out of that. So my other verse is going to be, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. This uh, topic that we're going to be talking about on on uh, Test Everything 1521 is going to be about Jeremiah 1.5, the first one I read. And uh, typically, we I usually go through a verse um, that might be related to the storyline. It might not be. But uh, there was a particular way I was doing it with the scripture. Uh, but now I've, I've kind of directed it more so we have an even fit between Test Everything 1521 and Raider Cop Nation. And that's what I'm trying to do. So you got two verses, but this uh, episode of uh, Test Everything 1521 we're going to have on uh, Jeremiah 1.5, which was the first verse I read. All right. So we first started our discussion on the club back in episode 109. Some people had emailed us and said, that sounded really interested. We want to know more. So instead of just throwing out a secondary podcast, I said that from here towards the end of the year, I would give a five or 10 minute overview on the issue of the club, each aspect. February 12th of 2020, that episode, I will do the uh, second episode to the club. And uh, of course, the, the mother of all loads will be uh, I I can't remember. I think I think I say 2023 that uh, the statute of limitations would have run out, and I could talk more. But for right now, I can't. So today we're going to talk about the coalition, and one of the aspects of starting an organization. And I've talked a lot about my experience. You want to have other clubs with serious and similar mindsets and business plans and core values as your group. That, those other groups, as they come into the fold, should be part of some type of coalition. Now, of course, primarily we're speaking about law enforcement clubs, organizations, associations, whatever you want to call them. And I was a part of several coalitions from the national level to the state level to the local level. Each of them have their own sphere of importance. I can can tell you this. If you're trying to figure out which one I should concentrate on more, of course, it depends what your core value is and what you're trying to achieve. But you're only as strong as your local demand. So if you got a weak local demand, you're not going to have a very good product at the end. So that coalition that we had, and we didn't have it for very long, maybe three years. And then it kind of like uh, started 
to come apart. And it mostly came apart because you had some members that didn't feel they were there. This is the other side of the coin now. Now, within the coalition on the local level, we were the group that had the most issues. Issues in battling, uh, going back and forth, uh, inner struggles as well. We were, for lack of a better term, controversial. We were tied up in legal cases and had several cases out into court where other organizations were more stable for many years, and they did not really want our drama. So they, laxadaisically, of course, were part of the coalition, but uh, when they had the opportunity to miss one or two, they would. In retrospect, I look at it back now, and I think instead of um, meeting as many times as we were, I think we could have met once a year, and that would have been fine, maybe even twice a year. But nevertheless, there are organizations. If your organization wants to partner with another one, you've got to make sure that that vibe is there, that both organizations are thinking in terms of the same thing, and that that group that is willing to be part of the coalition, it, it surmises up to this. Your problems are my problems, my problems are yours. And the reason the coalition exists is to help each other out. Not, uh, not this again? No, you don't want that. So there has to be a real focus on the leadership on the cause of the coalition. On the national level, I was a part of a coalition that although very powerful nationally, their local or state coalition was way, way over the top on controlling the national voice. What do I mean? Well, if you and wherever you were, USA, had an issue back in lovely California, they would uh, sit back and decide whether that was an issue or not. Way off base. And I was also part of another coalition. Same thing. They had their own agenda that was basically from precinct to precinct and forget everybody else. And we were like flapping around saying, hello, we're over here and nothing was happening. The last coalition I was part of, very young guys, I uh, really enjoyed being a part of them, and uh, I'm always there for them. Uh, young guys that they were very um, and, and are very enthusiastic about what they do, very professional, very educated, too. It took me a little far back. I, I was dealing with other coalitions that had a lot of old-timers in it. You know, people that had a lot of time and grade. So when I met these younger guys, um, they had business plans and stuff like that, and the way they spoke and talked and everything else was a lot different. I had mentored one of them maybe about uh, five or ten years prior to being a part of that coalition from uh, the area of Boston, and there were several phone calls. Uh, they wanted to know a lot about what we were doing, and I tried to help them out 
at that time. When I did join the coalition, uh, some of them said they didn't remember uh, reaching out to us, but uh, um, I used to get paid a lot of money to have great recognition of certain events, and I kept that in my mind, so I know there was them. That coalition is still there, and I wish them all the best. I'm always out there ready, eager to help them out. But they got caught up in what I'd like to say uh, the beginners, beginning jitters where the new group's coming in, and then, you know, we're going to have a, a yearly meeting, but we're going to have it in your jurisdiction, so we're going to give you the responsibility of setting up that next meeting. But it's more than a meeting. They're really thinking in, in terms of a function, a party, a celebration. And this is my last point that I'll get to. You cannot be over uh, zealous about doing a yearly party. Now, there are organizations that are out there that they do yearly events. Some of them even do two, three, four, five a year. An event will make the organization money. Don't get me wrong. I I remember way back in the early 90s, uh, we were a part of that. You would have, uh, let's say a ticket was $25. That's unheard of today per person for a gala. And uh, you sold them a table of 10, that's $250. And you can do the math from there. How many tables you saw is how much you have. You have your overrun, your, your, your overhead, and then all of a sudden you know what your profit margin is going to be. It was easy. And... Um, but as the numbers started going up, you know, it went from uh, 25 to 40 to, I guess it's somewhere in like a, in the area of $125 now. It is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, some organizations would, uh, I remember being a part of the coalition, and we partnered with uh, another group. And uh, we went to this big fancy hotel in the whole nine yards. And uh, we ended up with a pretty big bill. This group had a lot of uh, add-ons. It reminded me how the mob does like the San Gennaro Festival. And you got your festival with all your food eateries and your booths and all that. Well, the mob is kind of picking up a tab here. They're collecting from everybody. Well, same thing here with this function. They brought cigars and bottles of wine. And each bottle of wine, each cigar had a freaking price to it. And, uh, well, it was like going to a freaking event at a vending machine. So um, this group, very large, they were obsessed with the profit margin. And uh, I know you got to win. I I got that. But, uh, like I said, all they needed to do was start selling baseball cards next. I'm probably going to get some, you know. Uh, jabs here and there about what I'm talking about, but it's the truth. You don't start an organization to run a club. You're not. A, you're not. You're not a, a social gathering. You, you know, you, you're doing this with another intent, and when that original intent is taken away because you're too busy paying attention to something else, uh, then you're losing focus. And when you lose focus, you start going downhill. Some of these groups say, well, we never lose focus. We do it all the time. 
we do our three, four, five events all the time. Yeah, you do, like the San Gennaro Festival, Little Italy, no different. But, you know, the, the, you got to break down the barriers and make sure. My organization that I was a part of for many years, over 20 years, was in turmoil. Not so much for inner fighting, but we were in the middle of a battle. So we looked for help. And what we got was cigars and, and uh, wine. That's what we got. But that's, um, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. My last episode, my next episode, I mean, this is 117, 118, will probably be my last um, talking about this subject, the one on the 25th of December, which is episode 119. That basically deals with the five top episodes we've had um, in 2019. So it's all pre-recorded stuff, and it is Christmas, and uh, we uh, come back a January 1st. We come back January 1st where we give thanks to God in episode 120. All right. As I often say, I've bored you enough. So we are going to jump into the main event um, on some uh, program notes here. We also are starting to do the song of the week. But instead of me playing and getting sued by Yahoo and YooHoo and uh, YouTube and everybody else that's out there, we just attach it to the show notes. So always keep that in mind. Uh, This one I'll mention at the end as we leave. I'll tell you what's up next. I'll tell you the song of the week, and we're out of here. So time to... Blast the horns, get the clowns ready. It's time for the main event. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist. I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jew, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. And that is where we're headed today. These are the words of uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller. And back in, uh, I believe, 18, uh, 1980, I don't know when he did this exact, uh, 1950 he did this exact quote. So what it basically says, the inability to speak out on wrongdoing because you're saying to yourself it doesn't involve me many people today from regardless of your political affiliation 
are looking at the events that they see on television and they're saying, it really doesn't involve me. I know who I'm going to vote for. I know what I'm going to do. But all that other stuff doesn't involve me. But today here on Raider Cop Podcast, we want to tell you we're sounding the alarm because we're concerned that it does involve you and it involves us. Keeping silent to a lot of the things that are going on around us is alarming. Today we live in a society where our government is totally turned off. They only report to work for the sake of collecting a check. I guess they feel bad if they don't go, you know, so they got to go actually one day to the office. America's agenda has been put to the side and on the shelf. It's not important anymore. What's important is their own self-preservation, what they want, their needs, their wants, their appetite. But there's not a bigger group than we believe it is. Now, I want to make one thing clear. When we talk about people that are liberal, I don't think that there's a direct correlation between liberal and leftist. I don't believe so. I have a lot of friends that are liberal, and I can embrace them. I understand their causes, whether it's um, giving more to the poor or giving to the needy or saving a dog. Uh, they're liberal in their form of thinking. Um, they believe in justice for all not just for the rich. Certain causes, you just can't lift up the rug and dispose of them. These are liberal people. So to confuse liberal and leftist would be wrong. And some people on the right do that all the time because our friends that are liberal are lost in a party that should be serving them but in actuality, this new party is actually robbing them, robbing them of their identity, robbing them of their goals and aspirations, robbing them of their future by taking it by force. And this new group that are leftists think more in terms of socialism, or progressivism. Now, I know a lot of you are going to start, wait a minute, stop right there, because progressivism is the same as liberalism. No, it's not. Progressivism has its realm and its roots in this socialist mentality as well. A lot of our political leaders have confused the hell out of us that we really don't know who the hell is who. But slowly, a lot of these individuals' masks are dropping, and we can clearly see who they are. Some of us are confusing other candidates or other political parties as the swamp. Whether you're on the right or the left or in the center, there are swamp members too. 
corrupt to the core. We like to look at all what we say, the banana republics point at them and say, oh, what a bunch of bananas in this country. But we have our own bananas here, uh, banana splits, and we're not discussing them, but they exist also. So why am I bringing all this up? Today, more than ever, we've come into dangerous times. We look at the Russia investigation. We look at the Ukraine investigation. I'll just give you a couple of tidbits on, we already know about the Russian investigation. If you can remember the congressional hearing of a testimony of Bob Mueller and the stuttering, and that was embarrassing. And people saying, well, you know, he's a military war hero and we love him and a great man. He was babbling. And not only was he babbling there, he had been babbling in his whole career. He messed up some ser serious mafia cases, too. Well, we're going to have a show on that, too. So babbling Bob has been going on for quite a while. But we don't want to piss anybody off, so we're not going to get into him too much. So... We know that the Russian thing, farce, not went to Ukraine, which is more of a farce, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to what some of the politicians say in their own words. Adam Schiff makes a hash of the Mueller report, okay? And that comes, um, it's on our Twitter account. You can read it there, and we're going to post it on the show notes. Shift. Schiff's big line is a big old article about how his lie has corrupted what they wanted to do, the impeachment. Forget the impeachment. The lie is so big you can't get through the door. Okay, here's another one from the uh, Wall Street Journal. When the surveillance state exposes a journalist and his sources, there's an instant chilling effect. And uh, this article mostly deals with what in the world is Adam Schiff doing? He's just taking people's phones records. He's calling AT&T. He's sending them congressional letters. They don't really have that power. And they're getting phone records from Americans. They're getting phone records from other congressmen. They, uh, are you getting it now? And a lot of us are sitting around saying, has nothing to do with me. But it's alarming. When you give an individual this much power, they're just off the rails. Off the rails. Lie after lie. Another article that we can see uh, from the Federalist, IG report confirms Schiff's memo, media Praises was riddled, riddled with lies. I mean, that's damning right there. Saying that his uh, memo that he wrote was, was, the whole thing was false. This is the guy, the chairman, the lead guy on the impeachment. So the lie is so big, you can't get through the door. But there are many people saying, doesn't deal with me. It's all politics. That, my friends, is the problem. 
it is politics. And there are lawyers, lawyers behind the politics. And we've got a congressman here that's off the rails. And we say nothing. We look at other things that they have done. The FISA Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, that's what it's called. It's a special court. If you haven't heard of it, you haven't turned on the TV. But it's a special court that basically uh, provides warrants for American citizens on anything they might have done in, uh, overseas and so forth. And it's very protective um, to protect American citizens. It should be very difficult to get a FISA warrant. But not according to the new American justice. It's like ordering popcorn. You get one right away, with facts or without facts. The FBI obtained several warrants on an original lie. On an original lie. Now, here's the thing. Every time you do the secondary warrant, you've got to confirm new facts. There's no new facts to confirm because the first part, the original warrant, is a lie doesn't concern me, so I'm not really worried about it. Get the point? Leftists are destroying everything they touch. There's nothing that a socialist, communist, or leftist ever create. Ask anybody that comes from one of those countries. They destroy. They don't build. They tell you, we're going to reform health care. Next thing you know, people are dying. We're going to reform uh, the way we eat, and now some people are starving. They destroy everything they touch. This movement is not a new movement. A lot of people are saying, where the hell did this come from? Well, this has been going on for over 80 years. Started slow. Started entrenching in our schools, and we took prayer out of schools, and our universities, and and the way we, our kids see TV, and all of a sudden we started to become more and more understanding and flexible. A lot of people saw these changes, but you know what they said? It doesn't affect me, so I really don't care. Lefter, leftism uh, is destroying everything it touches, as we say, our schools, our universities, the arts. Uh they leftists now are not into the fine arts. Like yesteryear, you look at a painting and what it means and what the artist was portraying and what their mindset was. No, the leftist art is shocking. It should be shocking to you. For example, they might draw something, you know, uh, um, a woman with a man's part, okay, and half beard, and, and you're like, what the hell is this? And it's a shock you, okay? So through that shock, they destroy fine art. Literature out the window. There's no need for literature, especially Shakespeare and all that. It came from white guys. We don't need that. So we get garbage. Late night TV with Johnny Carson, remember that? That's long gone. He would say political jokes and you'd laugh. You saw the show for a good laugh. Today, 
they're a propaganda machine to the leftists. They sit there and bash the president. How can anybody sit there and listen to that night after night is beyond me. But a lot of people are saying it doesn't affect me. Religion, gone. You've got such liberal uh, churches today that they are openly doing things that are against the Scripture in the Bible and saying that they are the reverend. More blasphemy. A lot of people saying, that's not my church, man. You know, what do you want from me? It doesn't affect me. Free speech. Free speech isn't free anymore because now you're censored. If you say something that people don't like on Facebook, they just throw you out of there. Get out of here, and they want to throw eggs at you. Free speech is gone now. It has to be corrective speech, correct on their point of view. If it's against them, then you're going to get bombarded. And God forbid you have the nerve to go to a university and give a conservative speech. We'll get you. And there are many millions of Americans to see that every day on television. And they say, doesn't affect me. My kids are grown and I'm not in college. The Boy Scouts, they're gone. They don't exist anymore. Now they're called the Scouts. And the leftists were so instrumental and they said, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as a Boy and Girl Scout. We have the Scouts. We're merging both of them and you can have whatever orientation you want to lead them. They sued, and they were very good at it. The scouts were a freaking mess. They destroy. A lot of people are saying, well, my kids are small, you know, but they're big now, so, uh, you know, they don't need the scouts. It doesn't affect me. Male or female. Today, teachers are told you not to refer to them as boy or girl. You have to refer to them as students, like robotic. A lot of people will say, it's no big deal. You just call them students. It's, it's, it makes, makes it a lot easier. What's the big deal? I don't see your hidden message. It doesn't affect me. Birth certificates in New York. Now it's perfectly legal. Child is born. You have to, do you have to mark a boy or girl? Nah, leave it blank. Fill it in later. Needless to say, God was very instrumental. He showed us how to identify which is the boy and which is the girl. There are things that are dangling. That'll help you out in that decision. But in the state of New York, you don't fill out that birth certificate no more. Don't need it. Sorry. Doesn't affect me. You know, my kids, I put who they were on their birth certificate. That's them. The Congress that does nothing. Now, besides make-up lies, hysterias, what actually do we pay Congress to do? Because there's a bunch of things that are still pending. But I want to talk about something else. The I, I hear a lot of these... Leftists, they'll say things about uh, immigration reform, and they'll use terms as DACA and stuff like that.
But I sit back and I wonder and I go, wait, wait a minute, hold on a second. I ain't that dumb. Now, who was the president before this one? So for eight years, we didn't do any of this stuff? Oh, but we couldn't because the evil empire Republicans were in office. But I can't even remember when it was put to a vote and attempted. But a lot of people will say, well, they're immigrants. You know, I'm born here. It doesn't affect me. We don't put a handle to anything. The other issue you have to ask yourself is, what president has deported more people? And this is specifically for Hispanics. And I'm not going to be name-calling here, okay? It's the prior administration by the numbers. And I know people will say, well, you know, you're trying to mix apples and oranges because the law had changed. So what do you mean by deportation exactly? Look, I'm not stuttering. Taking you out of your freaking home and you disappear. Whether you came back, because a lot of these countries that were deported to didn't want them to say, get out of here, go back. Or don't land that plane here. But there was a reason why a lot of Hispanic immigrants were uh, illegal aliens. I don't think I'm allowed to say that in New York. Were removed from the country. Because you needed the money for the new immigrants that were going to come. And I'll leave it at that. But a lot of them came. And not the best ones either. No, we didn't get the top of the litter. We got the bottom. But they came in droves. We said nothing. We look at other areas that affect uh, the outcome of elections and who did what. We're so confused. We don't even understand what the hell is an election. Is it the popular vote? The other day I witnessed uh, people that I work with for eons, very well respected. And I was talking about the popular vote and all this. uh, What are you talking about, man? Do you ever take civics in freaking school? Do you don't understand the principles of why the forefathers created the system we have today? I wasn't around then, so it doesn't affect me. Recently, we had Nancy Pelosi come out on TV. I believe, actually, it was a little bit scripted, and take to heart something that a supposedly a media personnel was asking her. And does she hate the president? And she goes, I don't like that. And and she proceeded to answer him with hate. Proceeded to answer him with hate. And she said, I don't appreciate you saying that about me because I'm a Catholic. And she threw the religious card on the table. She's a Catholic. How many Catholics out there were embarrassed because this is the same person that believes in killing unborn babies and abortion and other things that the Catholic Church doesn't support. It doesn't affect me. She's not my parish. 
we can continue to go on. Back in 2014, there's a media personality that you may remember as Jorge Ramos of Univision. He usually goes back and forth with the president on some things. But back in 2014, he challenged President Obama on these huge numbers of Hispanics being deported. We'll put it on the show notes, and you see how Obama Obama became very uh, confrontational over these questions. They were off script. But the reason that Jorge Ramos asked those questions were because the Hispanic community started waking up saying, well, what's going on here? Why are, we, why are we always getting it? The short end of the stick. But there were many others. No, no, no. I'm not third generation. It had nothing to do with me. They said nothing. And we can keep on going. Uh, Obama, one of his last acts on the way out the door, taking away from the Cubans the ability of wet wet uh, foot, dry foot, and all this other stuff. Um, The original article of the law was that if a Cuban refugee was in waters close to the U.S., they could seek refuge here because they were fleeing oppression in a communist country. Then Clinton watered it down with wet foot, dry foot, and all this other baloney. And Obama on the way out said, eh, here you go. There's no wet foot, there's no dry foot. Put your socks on and your shoes, you're out of here. So you say, well, wait a minute. These are the people that want refugees to come to this country. Yeah, but certain ones. They don't compete with competitors. You know, if you're a communist country, you're cool, man. You're good. You're good. We don't. We're not gonna bug with you. We're we're gonna bug other ones, okay? And there's many more things that we can talk about, but primarily, most concerning is how the FBI operated, and recently the Inspector General's report came out, and it basically. Uh, points the finger that the FBI are a bunch of doofuses for falling into this hoax. Now, a lot of people will argue it, and of course, Adam uh, Shift, a shifty shift, will come out and say, no, 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 and he'll tell you what you're supposed to be thinking, not what you want to think. And many, many people will hear it and say, yeah, but, you know, it sounds good, but it doesn't affect me. So the call to action from this episode, 117, in Truth, Justice, and the New American Way, is that you, the American citizen, need to wake up. You can't continuously witness these things and say nothing. Whether you talk into a microphone and project your anger out that microphone, whether you do a blog, whether you post on a Facebook whether you call your local congressman, but do something. Because if you don't, eventually, they'll end up coming for you. And sadly, because you never said anything before, there'll be nobody left. 
What's up next? Well, we got episode 118, conservators versus liberal leaders in law enforcement, the difference and the difficulties. Just to give you an example, the Houston Police Department recently had a tragedy, and our condolences goes out to the family, friends, and agency of the Houston Police Department. Officer was shot and killed. And it's a time where the agency and the community have to bond together because they need one another. But the last thing that you need is politics. But the chief of Houston decided to take a jab at Republicans and talk about gun control. I don't think it was the time. I know Asa Savedo. Asa Savedo's a friend. But I disagree with bringing up politics in the middle of tragedy. Another thing that our friends on the left are real good at, never let a good tragedy go to waste. That's a direct, direct quote from some people that worked in the Obama administration. So we're going to discuss these political hacks, chiefs that are all over the place. And these mayors are starting to put pressure on these chiefs to do things their way. And they're killing law enforcement slowly. So that'll be episode 118 that's up next. After that, of course, we'll have 119, the best of a Radio Cop Nation podcast, and that will be the top uh, five shows in 2019. And that will lead us right out towards the end of the year. Recently, we had an incident in Pensacola, and I'm not going to bore you with the details because I know you know, shooting that occurred there. Some um, military personnel from Saudi Arabia and the FBI is looking for some of these guys that ran and Where's the media? They don't say nothing. They talk about impeachment all day. Is there a loose terrorist around the country that nobody knows where the hell they're at? Do you think we need to post some pictures for people to say, hey, that's the picture I saw on the news? Yeah, but it doesn't affect me. That happened in Pensacola. You know how many miles away I am from Pensacola? See the point. And I, I want to end with this. And again... It's another season of killing cops. I, I guess these maniacs all bonded together and said, hey, the numbers might be a little bit too low, so let's just bang out as many as we can. They're shooting cops left and right. Simple assassinations. And we had that happen uh, in New Jersey from the New York Post. And it says, uh, Jersey City Mayor says gunmen targeted uh, Jewish groceries store at the center of the shootout. Two gunmen in Jersey City were a spark, uh, who sparked chaos in a residential neighborhood when they exchanged gunfire with police in an hour-long shooting targeting a Jewish grocery store at the center of the melee, melee the city mayor said Tuesday. Mayor Stephen Fulop tweeted Tuesday night that authorities came to the conclusion based on their ongoing investigation into the shooting that left three citizens, a detective, and two suspects dead. 
Based on our initial investigation, which is ongoing, we now believe that the active shooter targeted the local the location they attacked uh, of the shootout in the Greenville section of the city due to the to an ex, uh, excessive excessive caution the community may see additional police resources in days and weeks ahead we have no indication that they are any further threats the mayor added mayor de blasio condemned the attacks and railed against anti-sepentism in uh, several tweets after the mayor of uh, Jersey City. Uh, this tragedy confirms that a growing pattern of violent anti-Semitism is now turned into a crisis for our nation. And now this threat has reached the doorstep of New York City. And of course, uh, as a good leftist, you always deflect and make it sound like you're really outcrying important, you know. But We'll leave it at that. I don't want to get into uh, Comrade Mayor DeBozo. I want to talk about Detective Joseph Seal, which was the Jersey City cop that was killed, 15-year veteran, leaves a family with kids. Um, The battle kicked off at 2.30 in the afternoon when police responded to reports of gunfire near the supermarket of Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. When police responded to the scene, they were immediately fired upon by two gunmen who were shooting with long guns. That's rifles, by the way, for you guys that don't know what that means. At at about the same time, police learned a cop later identified as Detective Seals had been gunned down on uh, Garfield Avenue near Caven Point Avenue and three-quarters of a mile away. Tragedy. Our hearts go out to the family of Detective Seal, uh, the friends, and, of course, the agency, the Jersey City Police Department. Tragedy because uh, inside this article, they're basically saying that they don't even believe that there's any terror uh, or um, element to this crime. Are you serious? So... I, I don't get this leftist media sometimes. They say that the gunman attacked a, a groceries, a Jewish grocery store with long guns, which are rifles, and then shot people that were they wanted to shoot, and they killed the detective, and they killed two people in the store. <laughs> no, there's no terror here. No, 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 nothing to worry about. Nothing for you to see. And how many people will say, I don't live in Jersey City. I mean, it's horrible. My heart goes out, but it's not here. It's not where I live. Get the point. All right, so I told you what's up next. Also, we have now the new, um, we're going to talk about patience and perseverance of politics. So with that being said, the song of the week we can reach out to Elvis Presley and the trilogy. Once you hear it, depending on what side of the political aisle you're from, some will support it and sing it. Some will hate it 
and say bad things about it. As always, it is my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. As always, continue to pray for your family because, and for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Pray for your community. Pray for the agency that serves you. And most importantly, continue, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out. And guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet. Thank you.